of Cadavercast. I'm Alberna. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. And we are coming to you from the Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. So what makes this episode so special? This is our fifth anniversary episode. Oh man, five years. You were four years old when we started this show. Do you even remember starting it? Do you remember this? I remember talking about starting it. Like I don't actually... I remember, like, how, like, and what we talked about, but I don't actually fully remember that. No, I don't. But you do you remember recording the uh, Sharknado episode with Joe yeah. and then saying that we should start this show? Or is it just no. stuff that you that you kind of know because we talked about it yeah, on the show? I just know it. I so you don't even remember. remember the beginning of the show? No. Wow, that's crazy. Actually, when we started it, I wasn't even old enough to get to um to go to kindergarten yet. No, no, you sure weren't, man. <laughs> that's wild. So crazy to think about. But because of that, right, and we've been around for five years now, and this episode <laughs> is dropping on the exact fifth year anniversary of our first episode, which dropped on July 28, 2016. Yep. So, man, I don't know. I've got a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts, but I want to pick your brain about it. Al, how do you feel? What's running through your mind five years? Like, amazed by that. And that, like, I wasn't even in kindergarten when they started it. So you're, so you're just kind of full of amazement that this yeah. thing is happening. And I guess literally it's been happening as long as you can remember yeah which is weird you know i don't <laughs> that's not something you can probably say for most <laughs> or not most for really many or any other podcast hosts right i mean unless they experienced amnesia or something like that i don't know uh, you, you don't remember the beginnings of the show at all uh which i guess is why you like to listen to those huh yeah because you go back and listen to those fairly often i think probably to just try to remember what it was all like huh yeah because i don't really remember those first episodes there yeah boy well i'm happy that we're still doing it it was a thing we started just for fun and it's still a thing we do just for fun i mean i know we have the patrons and you know we have merch but honestly like the patrons kind of give this little dude motivation you know knowing yep. that there are people who actually care that much to you know support us but yeah i mean we just talk about monsters movies and monsters all the time even yeah. still even when we're not on the show it's basically all we ever do yeah so yeah. <laughs> and here we are man congratulations al thanks five years 128 official episodes that's not counting the couple bonuses and the... All of the <laughs> exclusive episodes? Yeah, I was going to say, and all the stuff on Patreon that we've done, you know, the gory gamings and not-so-creepy critters over there, as well as the 
Facebook Critters and Creeps Club exclusive episode and our commentaries and all the stuff we've done together. Yeah. Productive, man. Been real productive five years. Yeah. It's also kept me like doing things creatively, even when I haven't had, you know, other projects to work on. So thank you, dude, and congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So, what are we talking about, though, for our five-year anniversary episode and what makes it a special topic? Because it's our fifth anniversary, we are going to be doing the Spanish Dracula, the original universal Spanish Dracula. Yeah, we're going all the way back to episode one here, right, where we talked about 1931's Dracula starring Bela Lugosi, and at the time, that was your favorite movie, your absolute favorite movie at the time and we wanted to do something revisiting it but I didn't want to just talk about the movie again fortunately there is a Spanish version and it's not just a dub like they could dub movies then but that's not what they did what did they do here with this Uh, version in this version they actually like wanted to make a Spanish version so they got like a whole second Spanish speaking class cast cast yeah that after like in the day they would record the English version, and after they were done with that, they would record the Spanish version all night. Yeah, in the exact same locations. So they would shoot, let's say they shoot in, you know, um, Dr. Seward's sort of uh, sitting room for the English cast, right? After they wrap for the day, the Spanish cast comes in to Dr. Seward's sitting room and records those exact same scenes, but overnight. Of course, they probably did go longer because the Spanish movie is 30 minutes longer. It is. And that's one of the wild things about it, right? Because the Bela Lugosi version is, and, and obviously they're both 1931. They were filmed at the same time. So they're effectively the same film in many ways, just totally different casts and doing kind of different things in the Spanish one. And we'll talk about that because there are a lot of interesting differences, despite the fact that they were filmed the same, like in the same 24 hours, each thing was yeah, filmed. Like, but it's not like that. There's like an extra 30 minutes just added on. It's like the movie was like made 30 minutes longer. There just there isn't just like another whole 30 minutes that different. It just it's all over. Like there's Yeah, well, I, what yeah. you're getting at is it's not like there are 30 minutes of totally new scenes. There might be a scene here or there that didn't end up in the final cut of the English version. I don't know. I don't like we watched both of them again. Al hadn't seen the Bella Lugosi Dracula in a long long time, maybe since we recorded that episode. Nope. But I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it since then. Um, So ultimately, we watched that and then the same day started the Spanish one and then finished it this morning. But (laughs) it's 30 minutes kind of spread throughout, sprinkled throughout. And you can tell because a lot of the scenes are like just a little bit longer. And that's what Al's getting at. It's kind of the pacing, you know. It's not that there's 30 minutes of totally new material. It's 30 minutes because it's, you know, paced differently. They're Mm -hmm. they're taking their time in their performances, you know, Mm -hmm. um, letting certain scenes breathe, which is sometimes to the benefit of the story and sometimes not. But what were you going to say? Uh, yeah, it's like, it's different. They're, like, it's kind of split up. There is just, like, there is some scenes that weren't in there, but then there are also, like, but some of the other 30 minutes, yeah, like you said, just the same scenes, just they took their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, some of that works better, some of it 
doesn't. And yeah, I mean, we'll come to, you know, which one we prefer and all that kind of stuff later on. But what are some notable things about the movie for you, particularly the Spanish Dracula, apart from the length, right? Yeah, there's in the scenes, there's also a little more detail, like you get more like details about what's happening. Yeah. And even if you don't, you have more time to think about it. Yeah. Right? Like they give you stuff that like would be in the first in the English Dracula just they didn't show it. Oh, like it I, really, I know what you, you know mean. What I mean? Yeah. yeah. What what kind of stuff are you talking about? I know what you mean. But like, what are some of those details? Yeah, like, um, it shows you some stuff like the bite marks in like you yep. see the bite marks. Then you there is like some scenes are fully different. In what ways? Like there's a couple scenes that actually are totally different. Okay, but in what ways? Uh, like, <laughs> I'm going to ask you the same question again until you answer it. Yeah, it's the same scene, same setup, but like the what happens in it is kind of different. I'm trying to think about it. So, okay, I know, I know what you're getting at here. What you're getting at is that the blocking may be kind of different, or the way that the actors handled the business of the characters might be a little different, right? Um, notably, you felt that and voiced it during the scene where Van Helsing notices that Dracula doesn't have a reflection, mm-hmm. right? And that the business with that little cigarette case is distinctly different in that scene. Yeah, you know. Also, uh, maybe the biggest, my favorite difference, I don't know if it's the biggest difference. My favorite difference is the uh, literal downfall of Renfield at the end of the movie. Yeah, he turns into a dummy. Yep, he gets dummied. Yep, he falls off a flight of stairs and then turns into a dummy. Yeah, whereas in the English version... In the English version, he just rolls down the stairs. Yeah. (laughs) It's like actually an actor or a stunt performer or whatever. I don't know if it was Dwight Fry or not, but definitely somebody just rolls down the stairs and is kind of dead at the bottom. We even agreed that we would love if he got dummied and fell off the stairs. He did. Yeah, and, and he does in the Spanish one. And this was actually my first time watching the Spanish version. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. I'd heard a lot about it and, you know, its reputation as a movie that was in many ways possibly better than the Bela Lugosi version, the Todd Browning version. That reputation preceded it, but I just never got around to it until now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in some ways it, it is better and definitely <laughs> Renfield getting dummied and falling like 30 feet to his death. Yeah. Rad. Super um, rad. Love also, that. Also, I noticed a difference in a scene, a difference in a scene that, like, most people wouldn't think about. In the first scene, when they're in, like, the little um, carriage thing, where the people sit is different mm. in the Spanish Dracula. Yeah, you mentioned that. I didn't notice that. I noticed other things, though. Like, you know, uh, one, I don't remember spooky armadillos being in this one? Nope. <laughs> I don't remember Though there them. was a spooky possum that There's still fell the possum. down. Yeah, that possum falls off the top of that coffin right through like a cobweb at the beginning of the movie, which does oh, not happen in I Todd for- Browning's. I, um, I for- we forgot to mention that in both movies, a bug has its own coffin. Yeah, that was wild. I never noticed that before. There's like a, some kind of bee or something that has its own little coffin, like... It's a vampire bee? I think bee? everything in there, like where in the 
place, <laughs> then the castle is like a vampire like, thing. Like so. the possums or vampire possums, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they don't have armadillos. And at least that I noticed. We could be totally wrong. We didn't notice spooky armadillos. By the end of the movie, we were asking each other like where they were because they're in the Todd Browning one, but didn't see them, which makes sense because in many parts of the United States and other English speaking areas where the English Dracula would have played, they maybe didn't know what the heck an armadillo was at the time, right? Like nowadays we do. And it's kind of ridiculous to have the armadillos in those scenes. In Mexico, though, like you're looking more towards armadillo country, you know? So like it would be kind of a ridiculous thing. Yeah. There's also a lot more camera movement in the Spanish one, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of the shots in the English language Dracula would be sort of static. They would actually like dolly in and stuff, you know, move the camera around to get more of a dynamic cinematic feel for certain points, which makes it feel a little bit less like a play turned into a film than the English version in those moments. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any other differences stand out to you that Uh, you wanted to talk about? Well... I mean, otherwise, it's Dracula. We didn't talk about the story, but it's Dracula, right? Uh, <laughs> like, well, like, the cast is different. Well, sure. The cast is different. Mm-hmm. And did you... I guess... And let's talk about this here, okay? Because, again, it's Dracula. <laughs> Both of them are the same story. They were using even... Uh, and we watched the introduction to the film, to the Spanish language one, on the Blu-ray with uh, Lupita Tovar, right? Is that her name? I, I, I think. I'm suddenly seriously doubting that uh, i i'm very self-conscious of these things so i'm looking it up but uh we watched the introduction and she's talking about how nope i was i was accurate okay that's that's her name so tovar is talking about how when they made the film and shot it overnight because of the fact that they were just going in as soon as you know well not as soon as the english cast wrapped that's not true because she talked about kind of a gap where there would be nobody around but that night they would go in and shoot and they were using the same marks which would be the spots on the floor where the actors had to like stop that they did but then there's all this freedom with the camera work and things that they had which they obviously took advantage of you know really got wild with some of some of the cinematography some of the special effects right um a lot more kind of bat antics and you're also right wounds on the neck or would they be bantics bantics bat antics bat antics okay yeah bantic sure yeah bat antics bantics um but they're the marks on the neck uh which come from dracula and what is dracula doing biting them Biting drinking them on their the blood. Yeah, drinking their blood. But there's still notably one, and that isn't in the English version. We never see the wounds. They talk about it, but they're real reserved with all of that. But they show that in the Spanish language one. There's yeah. still something missing, though, uh, in terms of vampires. Did you catch it? Garlic, yeah. Garlic? No, garlic? Okay, fair. Right, there are a couple of things about vampires that aren't brought up, like garlic. Garlic and silver. And silver, sure. Yeah, but... There are no fangs. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I guess you didn't notice that, huh? Until I just mentioned it. Actually, I did notice that. I was like, when they opened their mouth, I'm like, where I'm like, where are the fangs? I'm like, where are the fangs? Just put plastic fangs on them. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to see a vampire movie where there are no fangs like that. Um, particularly, and, and I guess like if they were vampires who just didn't have fangs, that would be one thing, right? Yeah. But 
these are vampires who, because of the bite marks on the neck, we know that they have fangs, that they have the two fangs, right, that come down. We see that on the necks. So where are the fangs? Um, so that's that's a bummer. But we're still just talking about differences, I guess. But that's kind of what you do with Spanish Dracula. You know, you watch it to note the differences. And I'll open it up to you, Alistair. Is there anything else that you want to talk about specifically regarding Dracula? Because, and I don't just mean the differences between the two, but specifically just the universal Dracula, either version that, you know, stuck out to you this time around. Because, like I said, it's been a long time. That, um, I wanted to say that, like, it's weird because I wanted to think about, like, I thought about it, I just thought about it now. Why did he bring, why did he bring three boxes? Oh, his three boxes of Earth that he yeah. brought? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, theoretically, he would need, I mean, you know, you want, you want to have an extra, right? <laughs> at the very least. But why three? I don't know. In the end, he brings, well, um, Eva is the character in the Spanish language one, right? Um, you, I mean, when he turns her into a vampire, he's going to want a coffin for her, I suppose. That still leaves one that still unused leaves one. coffin. Yeah, just an extra, I guess, for all the armadillos and <laughs> possums that he brings over. I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe just it's an extra. One of them gets destroyed or something. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying is you got to have a backup. You know, what if one gets, you know, thrown overboard off the boat? Where is he going to sleep then? You know, he needs his coffin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did this stand out to you still as potentially your favorite movie, the original Dracula? Well, I wouldn't say they're better than each other. Well, okay, fair. But like, I mean, more specifically, you said, you know, back in the day that Dracula was your favorite movie, but is it your favorite movie now? No, I don't. I don't actually really have a favorite movie. I just have favorites. Oh, just generally broadly favorites? Yeah. You haven't narrowed no it down? No order. No order? Okay. What are some of your favorites? Well, Just off the top of your head. Obviously, I'm putting you on the spot here, but I mean, that's what a podcast does. But, <laughs> you know, what are some of your favorites? Here we are, five years later. Of course, yes, Dracula is on one of them. Okay. Um, Night of the Living Dead. Oh, good choice. Grizzly. Grizzly, yeah. And Grizzly 2. And Grizzly 2, even? Even though it's not a movie? The, the second Grizzly. Sequel. The sequel to Grizzly. Yeah, no, I, I got you. I got you. Grizzly too. Yep. Not not because they're good movies, just because they are. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I I think Grizzly's a solid movie. A grizzly bear gets bazooka. Yeah, it's amazing. Right. Go back and listen to our episode on that, which was episode nine, like ninety nine episodes ago. Yeah. That's all that's springing to mind. Uh- Abner Costello meet Frankenstein? Yes, yes. Yeah, that's on there. Of course. Um, You also like comedies, though. You're really big into old comedies, such as... Abbott and Costello, also Mm -hmm. Marx Brothers, uh, too. That, too. Um, Yep. Dad, I have a question. Are there any Marx Brothers monster movies? No. (laughs) I mean, there's arguably some monsters in them. I, I don't know. Um... I guess the closest thing you get to monsters is maybe Harpo trying to kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. You get gangsters and bad guys and stuff. Well, there's the gorilla, right? That gorilla that's doing the trapeze stuff and at the circus. True. I guess Harpo is the closest of a monster you can get to. <laughs> yeah. Well, he like, he's like pulling out cleavers, trying to hit people with meat cleavers and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. So there's, yeah. Abbott and Costello you like even outside of, you know, the 
monster crossovers. You also like other Abbott and Costellos, mm-hmm. Marx Brothers, Buster Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, specifically, my favorite of his is the one with the house. Oh, yeah. I know. Yep. That's a great one where he – and that's one of the shorts, right? Where he gets married and then he gets like one of the houses – where it comes in boxes and he's got to build his own house, right? And they used to kind of do that. They'd ship you a house and it would come in boxes and you'd like build the whole thing. You know, you'd get all the lumber and that's what it's together. <laughs> you didn't know how to do but, it. Yeah, then they get like renumbered. They like get out of order. <laughs> so Why? then the house is like all I messed figured, up. Yeah, because he couldn't see the numbers. So he just tried to put the numbers on them. No, I there was a guy who changes the numbers, I think. So then the house is put together all wrong. Yeah, that's great. There was winds that kept turning the house. The house on. spins on its foundation. Yeah, a piano great. falls through the crowd. Piano <laughs> falls. <laughs> that's great. Uh, there are doors that go out. There are doors on like the top floor <laughs> that go out. That go out of the house. <laughs> you also like seven chances a lot. <laughs> the one with all the women chasing him. Yeah, yeah that's great. So watch those two again. Yeah, we'll get on them again for sure. Uh, but Al's been on a Marx Brothers kick lately. So yeah, I mean, honestly, we could have recorded more episodes this summer already. Except <laughs> he's just been wanting to watch Marx Brothers. Um, I really wish there was one that was like a monster. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll record about Marx Brothers in more detail for Patreon. Right? Yeah. Cool. So, oh boy, where were we? We were talking about Dracula. Wow, I'm I'm getting lost already. It's a fifth anniversary episode. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We've done this for five years. None of it matters anymore. <laughs> Give up. Run away. <laughs> this is a special episode. Special episode with no structure. We've we've lost it. We've gone insane. We've been doing the show too long. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We do get off track almost every single episode, I think. That's true. That's fair. So it's in keeping with what we normally do. Do you have a preferred version of Dracula from these two? Do you prefer one over the other? No. Do you think one's better than the other? No. They have their good and bad parts. Yeah. I, you know, I'm torn because I acknowledge that the Spanish Dracula has more of a cinematic flair to it. Renfield gets dummied. Renfield gets dummied. There's more camera movement. There's a lot more stuff being done with special effects and the character work. It's a half hour longer, right? So there's a lot more going on in it. You know what I mean by that? I think the two Renfields, the parts are a little different because I think how like the English Renfield acts like crazy yes. is a little more Dracula-like. But then... How he gets killed by Dracula is not, like, just not good. Well, the other Renfield is the opposite. Sure, sure. The the Renfield in the Spanish language one is way over the top. And that's kind of where I was going. So you're, you're actually prefiguring what I was saying um, to answer the question from my perspective, which is I think the Spanish Dracula is maybe a better movie, like a better piece of cinema, right? But... The thing about Dracula, 1931's Dracula, is the one with Bela Lugosi, is Bela Lugosi, you know? Yeah, like, according to people, it's the better one. It's, you know, well, at least performance-wise, I mean, Bela Lugosi's iconic. And I can't yeah. help but feel that having anybody but Bela Lugosi play Dracula for that movie feels weird. And they just, you know, um, 
the the guy who plays Dracula in it, and I already put my phone away, so I don't have it pulled up. Uh, All you have to do is teach Bela Lugosi Spanish. <laughs> the movie's already better. Carlos Villarias uh, is what it looks like on Letterboxd and the small font on my phone. Uh, he's, I mean, he's not a Bela Lugosi. You know, he just isn't. No, you just teach Bela Lugosi Spanish. Your movie's automatically better. <laughs> I mean, hard enough for him to do English at that point, frankly. Um, Pablo Rubio, who plays Renfield, is also totally fine, but he doesn't have the weirdness of Dwight Fry's Renfield, right? Renfield, played by Dwight Fry, is unhinged in a way that's upsetting, like really upsetting. Yeah, like he's like he's like Dracula going, like, like going crazy Dracula version. Yeah, he's got like that laugh. Can you do the laugh? No. No? You want to try? No. I, I just, I, I can't. <laughs> so he's I got that distinct that. laugh, right? That, <laughs> he's doing like that, yeah, like, that, and that's well, wild. Whereas Spain, Rubio is. Yeah. He's acting like he's going crazy, but like Dwight Fry's doing it better because he's going, like, he's acting like he's like Dracula going crazy. Like where, a specific okay, I see what you're weirdness saying. to it. Yeah, exactly. There's a weirdness to it, whereas Rubio's is a lot of like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Like, he's like going like berserk, but it's very standard, right? Um, And over the top. Not that Dwight Fry isn't over the top, but it's so strange that it's like, again, it's upsetting. Like, the way he laughs is upsetting. The way he handles himself is upsetting. Whereas Rubio is a little bit more predictable in what he's doing, I feel. He's so, more upsetting. Yeah, I mean... So that's where that's where I sit, which is I feel that the Spanish Dracula is the better piece of cinema, but the one that is the most iconic and will forever be, thanks to the performances, is the Todd Browning English language yeah. one, right? I mean, that's that's the one that will be watched forever. People will watch the Spanish language one and then be amazed at how different it is and how wonderful a lot of it is. And not and like some of the performances are incredible and yeah. you know Dracula and Renfield both are portrayed really yeah. solidly like, mm-hmm. but they're just edged out you know by the the cast of the English yeah. language one. Um, we also learned that during the like like Universal Studios trying to like get it back up, the film kind of like um like the it's. Like, how the age made it, like, it took toll on it, the age of it. So they had to, like, stabilize the camera, and they actually fully had to, like, adjust the, like, the, uh, the darkness on all the things, because it just looked like gray, which made everything just, like, made everything just, like, one color. It made it look like, just, like, yeah, just, like, a fully, like, 2D thing. Well, uh, like, it just didn't like it just looked like somebody like drew on a piece of paper kind of because it made everything the same i got color. you it, it really washed everything out made everything real flat whereas the restoration resulted in a film that is uh richer right it's yeah. got more more depth and complexity visually for both of them what Al's talking about is we watched the special feature about the restoration mm-hmm. of like, both films. It's the exact same thing. Nothing's new, but one of the little, like, rolls they had to take out and put in, in like, the better oh, version the reels. of it. Yeah, the reels, because one of the reels was absolutely destroyed. Yeah, and, and it's because, and that was reel three, which we noted while we were watching it, the quality dips dramatically, and I was like, ugh. 
they must have lost this reel when they have to use one from a different print. And that's exactly what happened. But yeah, I mean, nitrate film, especially, you know, from that era, it's old. It's really volatile to begin with. And but it holds up. I mean, like the image in film stock is always going to be, you know, richer than in a lot of what we get digitally. And that's particularly because of the chemical makeup of the film stock, which I won't get into here. But what I'm getting at is that like that film stock that any of it still exists is kind of a miracle. Yep. It's like basically gasoline. Like it's super flammable. Yeah, like they had to do a lot of things. Took them a long time. Yeah, so that's really worth watching. If you check it out on the Blu-ray, watch the special feature about the restoration. Al was amazed by what they're doing. A machine had to take the reels and put water over every single frame in the reels. Yeah, exactly. To fill in the scratches uh, on the film stock. Yep. Yeah, it's really wild. Mm Mm-hmm. But... With that, do we want to jump into our segments? Do you want to do that really quick? Yeah. All right. So, Beastly Best, Spanish Dracula. You go first while I try to think. Well, okay. For me, it's real easy. Dracula hurls Renfield off of the steps and he gets dummied. Easily the best part of the movie for me. Although there, you know, there's more like neck biting and stuff too. So, it's it's got more of that vampiric, you know... Um, assault going on in it which is also cool but renfield gets dummied by dracula awesome um my beastly best is kind of well more with the bats they're all rubber oh yeah the the bats on the strings really good stuff yeah i'm also like if i watch if i ever watch this again which i know i will when i see the bats i'll be paying attention to see if you can see the strings oh you totally can totally can yeah they're also just like giant rubber bats yeah they're great they're fantastic mm-hmm. was there a get spooked moment for you something that stood out as particularly spooky not that it necessarily scared you or spooked you but that you think like "Ooh, that's eerie um, huh. i take that mm. as a no not that i can think of currently okay and i mean i would say that just generally the neck biting business being in the movie that's spooky, you know, when they're when they're going up and actually biting people's necks. And there's a scene where Renfield's crawling towards the woman who's like on the floor, mm-hmm. passed out, and he gets like right up in there, you know. Whereas the English language version cuts away. This Dracula, gets, Dracula right teleports there. to a giant spider web. Oh yeah, he sure does. Yeah, love that. Oh, and the spider that goes up the wall. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? Actually, I noticed something different because in the in in the English and and. Spanish in the English version it ru- it runs on the ground away in the Spanish it runs up a wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild how different the movies are despite basically being the exact same movie. That's that's what really stands out to me as incredible about this experience and watching it for the first time is how how much the same and yet how totally different it is. So, big one, scream themes. What's the big message you're taking away from Dracula? Sometimes Things that people say aren't real are real, and what makes them, pa- like, what makes real life things, if some people, like, don't, like, want their children to know about it, they tell them that it's not real, and they don't tell them about it, but that's what makes those things, yeah. they tell them, more powerful, because they don't believe in them. Absolutely. And, like, part of this, like, it sounds, and I'm, I'm going to clarify a couple of things, right? 
and it might sound like what Al's saying he take a, takes away from this is that like you should believe in conspiracy theories or something like that but that's not it at all it's more like if we ignore the horrors of the world and don't talk about them then we're not protected against them right so like if we ignore the fact that the Nazis were like absolutely the worst and did horrible things and we don't tell our children about it, then you know what happens? Well, the Nazi ideology maybe just gets, you know, passed on to them because they're not critical of the Nazis, right? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. That's what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Love that, man. I didn't even need to take a second to think about that because they say that exact thing in the movie. Mm, sure. Yeah, they say what makes Dracula so powerful is that people don't believe in him. Yeah. So, and that's same with the real world. Absolutely. Well, with that, little dude, I will say, again, congratulations on five years of Cadavercast. So, Alistair, where can people go online to support us? You can. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash wordsalad. That's right. And really quickly here, let's do a rundown of our amazing patrons to celebrate here the five years of Cadavercast. And Alistair wants to read through the names here. So our setup here is a little bit awkward, but... Al, run through them. And keep in mind, we are recording this on the 15th of July. So if you became a patron at some point after the 15th and before the 28th of July, sorry, you're not listed here. We'll get at you next time around. But Alistair, plow through these names, my man. Sachi Lee, Jason Kaufman, Andrew, how do you say that? Kropel. Kropel. Um... Dr. Hall Raglan. John Hall Raglan. Hall Raglan. <laughs> Keep going. Um, John R. Blaker. Andrew uh, Goten. Alex Haven. Tim Mack. How do you Wickham. Wickham Clayton. Uh, Sarah Wright. Julio. Julio. Julio Olive. Uh, how do you <laughs> Julio say Mendoza. Jeffrey Owens. <laughs> Tyler Pistorius. Jennifer Kohler. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Stefnik. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Real, Real Feels. Real Feels Podcast. Test Pattern. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Uh, Raven Gardner. Gregory Parker. Tony Vandenbush. Chris Bieberstein. And The Manager. The Magnar. The Magnar. Don't know how to say that. So. <laughs> All right. Little bit of stumbling there, but you know what? It will cut together just fine when you edit the show. Yep. So, so there you go. Um, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Instagram at cadavercast, one word. You can email us at cadavercast at gmail.com. And you can find our new merch at teespring.com slash cadavercast. You can find us on Facebook at the Cadavercast Critters and Creeps Club. Join the club. Thank you for listening, everybody. And, you know, it's been wild. I can't believe we've kept this thing going for five years. And here's hoping we can keep it going a little longer. Yep. You've been listening to the special episode of Cadavercast. I'm Mel Burnham. And I'm Cadaver Dad Jeff Burnham. We love ya. Thanks for listening again, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.